Hello and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-hosts, starting with W's, the warm-hearted, the winsome, and the wondrous Mary Abijay. Hello, world. That is me, Mary Abijay. And I would like to introduce you to my amazing co-host, the welcoming, the well-read, the wise, and the witty, Mr. Chris DeSantis. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Mary. How have you been? I've been great, and I love doing W's. There were so many to choose from, especially for you. But I do want to say this. You are one of the warmest and welcoming people I've ever met. No, I'm going to have telltale on you for a moment because it kind of goes into what we're going to talk about today. But uh, for those of you who don't really know me and don't really know Chris, I met Chris at an event where we were both speakers uh, we we're both speakers on the, at this event and all the other speakers, it was kind of a troop of people. They all had spoken before for this client and I was the newbie on the block and Chris DeSantis was the only one that was nice to me. He's the only, <laughs> like everybody else said like, oh, hi, whatever. Nice to meet you. But Chris is like, hi, I'm Chris and tell me about yourself. And we had been fast friends ever since. You did me a huge personal favor by being kind, warm, and welcoming to me. And so I want to say thank you. And we're going to talk about favors today. Well, thank you for saying that, Mary. I really appreciate it. Well, it's so true. Just that little act of kindness that Chris did uh, really has extended now into a friendship and a podcast partnership. And I hate all those other mother mofos, but I love you. So so today we're going to be talking about doing favors, all about giving favors. I call it the favor bank. It's about giving favors, asking for favors, and receiving favors for others. So Chris, my first question to you, we've got three questions from Mm -hmm. three listeners, but I want to ask you first, um, do you get asked for a lot of favors? Well, uh, not a lot of favors. I, I, actually, it's more around conversations. Uh, they're interested in picking my brain, as yeah. it were, which means just what it sounds like. They they want to do something. They want my thoughts on that. And I, you know, I, clearly, I I enjoy that at some level. I mean, we do have a podcast. Uh, although, had we called it "Picking Our Brains," it might. <laughs> Change the tone of things. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't have been a bad, that would Not have that been bad. a pretty good title. Yeah. Let's pick our brains. Picking your brain. But Chris, I consider a, a request uh, to pick your brain. Mm-hmm. That is a favor. Someone yes. is asking you for, so I would put that into my favor bank. Like yeah. when you are asking for requests of people's time, especially the pick your brain conversations, you're actually asking for a favor from yes. them. I'm annoyed though by some things. I don't know what annoys yeah. you about it, but I'll tell you my short list is that one of them is uh, it, it, it's not a conversation. It's them talking at me. Yeah. And either they're venting or they're just going off, but they're not engaging me. And I'm wondering why I'm in this exchange if there is yeah. an exchange. The second one is um, I, I talk to them and then they ghost me. I never hear from them again. Like what happened? Annoying. With, yeah. Hugely yeah. annoying. And, yeah. and last, the one that really bothers me is, is being late. <gasps> I mean, that's 
Come on. That's the eighth deadly sin. You are requesting a favor of my time, my valuable time, and then you don't show up on time? Yeah. Or you cancel the last minute? So annoying. Huge. I get asked about, I get asked for these conversations all the time. You know, let me pick your brain or, or I would love to like, 15 minutes to learn more about what you do. They don't want to learn about you. Mm. They, they they want to talk about themselves mm. or, you know, I need your advice. And like a fool, I almost always say, yeah. So what my biggest pet peeve, and I think we'll talk about this when we get down there, is um is when then they make it hard for me. Like they say, Mary, would love to schedule like a 15 minute call with you. I'd love your advice and X, Y, Z. And then I'll be like, here's my schedule. And then they'll ghost me for two weeks or they'll be like, no, no, you need to go to my Calendly, my Calendly and find a time. No, I, I'm not. <laughs> Why are you making me do all this work right. to give you a favor? Oh, no, I agree right, with so, you. <laughs> today, this, this, <laughs> this episode, people, is going to be full of Mary Abijay, maybe Chris DeSantis, like spewing some hot air and getting a whole bunch of stuff off of her chest. (laughs) (laughs) And, but if you listen and you hang in with us, we're going to tell you how not to be that pain in the ass person that breaks the favor bank. Am I right? I agree with you because I think there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. Yes, there is. All right. So are you ready for the first question? Let's go. All right. This is from Unimpressed with the unprepared in LA. Dear Chris and Mary, I love your show on etiquette and was hoping you could elaborate further on the etiquette of asking other people for favors. Of course we can. (laughs) Specifically, favors of time. I work in the entertainment industry, so I am always being asked to provide informational interviews and other such, quote, brain-picking, unquote, meetings Mm. for people who want to pursue a career in my field. Oh my gosh, I bet this person is inundated. Mm -hmm. Um, While I truly don't mind doing this occasionally, it's getting a bit tiresome and annoying. People don't show up prepared and they don't seem to appreciate the time I am giving them. Can you please tell your good listeners the correct way to approach others for these types of informational interviews? There are way too many people out there doing it wrong. Signed, unimpressed with the unprepared in LA. Well, Chris, this person like has inspired us to actually do a whole show on this. So what is your take first? Well, what first advice off, do you have? I-, I love the question because they like us. So I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> you know, rule number one of asking for a favor, suck up just exactly. a little bit. Flattery, just a little ego fluffing. Get you everywhere. We are all susceptible to flattery. And that works <laughs> in your favor right away. I also think you pretty much answered the question yourself. You said, be prepared. So if you are, you, you already stated that you've done a number of these interviews and you don't mind to do them occasionally. Uh, so this tells me you, you already have do's and don'ts. I'm just going to reiterate some of that for you. I think you need to sit down and ask yourself, what do you expect from someone uh, in one of these interviews? What, and just write it down. It would include, a, my guess, here's my guess, a brief background on the person, their experience, their areas of interests or goals, and their tentative plans or ideas so far. So you know that, right? So next time someone hits you up and says, I, um, up, you say, I can do that, but experience has taught me that successful people in this industry are prepared and organized. So let's test that. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you 
45 minutes of my time. I don't care what, whatever time you want. I'm going to give you 45 minutes of my time, but you have to come prepared with these things. And my list is really short. Your background, your experience, your goals, your plan. Here's my contact information. Send me an email confirming what I said, and I'll find the time to be, meet with you and be laser focused on you and you alone. Does that sound good? And then if he or she agrees, tell them, I know this might sound like a bit of a dick, but in this business, you have to learn there's a price for wasting people's time. Are we good? And that's how I'd end it. Oh, man, the tough love. I know. Little, right, right from the start. Oh, I love, 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 love it. All right. So to summarize, Chris, is, is basically make these mofos do their homework yeah. and give them a template of here's what you expect. If you can meet my demands, I will give you my time. Right. Right. I, I love it. You're creating it. a discipline in them that is necessary because this business, uh, I, I think, is, t uh, you know, low threshold to entry, but difficult to rise. Yeah, I love it. All right. So I am going to, I had I, nothing, I'm going to add nothing more better than that, but more better, <laughs> nothing better than that. Uh, but here's what I, I have advice for both the uh giver for you unimpressed but also i'm going to be really clear with people out there what they need to do if they're the asker so if you are the asker asking uh your anybody for a favor of time you want to be really clear about what it is you want in that time you need to actually say that in the request mm. chris DeSantis, i will need 15 minutes of your time i want to learn how to be a better public speaker mm -hmm. right be really clear and then you as the asker must must take responsibility for coordinating the calendar game. Um, and you are not to ask them to go jump through any extra hoops. Mm -hmm. Like you are going to make it easy for them to say yes. Um, if it's an in-person event, which sometimes we do this in person before the pandemic, guess who goes to who? You go to the person. You, the mm -hmm. asker goes to the person. So you're going to meet them in their office or a coffee shop across the street. As Chris uh, DeSantis said earlier, you got to come prepared with the questions you want to ask them. Do not talk about yourself the whole time. You should be talking about yourself 10% of the time. If your goal is to pick someone's brain, then let them talk. Mm. Pick their brain. Be on time. Stick to the time allotted. And please make sure that you are not asking for another favor in that meeting. Mm. And... You better send a follow-up thank you note. Am I right, Oh, Mr. yes, Santis? absolutely. If Any more advice for the asker before I give my advice for yes. the giver? Well, oh, I, not the asker, because I like exactly what you said with the asker. I think the asker has to be, um, uh, I, I guess, to all of your points about being um, clear on what they want. Uh, and stated what they want and stay within the parameters of what they want and being respectful of the other and using Pareto's rule, 80-20. 80 80% yep. of the talking should be done uh, of the person you're asking the help from as opposed to the person who is, uh, who is basically asking for the help. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I'll give these calls and the person will just drone on and on. Yeah. And I'm literally, like you said earlier, literally thinking on the call, why, why? why am I here? Why, exactly. Like, what is the point? And people that don't send thank you notes or that mm. make it hard for me to like schedule with them, like, why are you like, 
like, <laughs> don't you know who I am, people? <laughs> but everybody's time is valuable. Yes. Uh, my only other advice to add to yours too, unimpressed with the unprepared, is um, is you know really putting the onus on them to schedule and being clear, like you said, about what they want. But you know, one thing that my friend, good friend Carrie Hatch, does is she gets asked this a lot too, and she has created like what she calls her one pager. So when people uh, reach out to her to be like, you know, I need to I'd love to learn more about what you do in the XYZ field. She's got a one pager and FAQs that she sends to people. Oh, that's interesting. And, yeah. And so she's like, you know, here's this, uh, here's some resources for you. If after reading these, you still have some questions, call me. She says that takes care about six, takes care about 60% of her requests. Hmm. Um, so I really like that idea. I do too. Um, and then the other thing I would say to unimpressed is uh, don't, play the for, for for so for me the calendar game is a really big the big challenge so what i've done is i've created time block zones on my calendar for these kinds mm. of meetings and they're like mondays between four and five and i do like 30 minute increments so if you really want to pick my brain then you're going to make yourself available on a monday afternoon because that is when i have scheduled for me time to do these oh it's like a professor's office hours exactly yes. yeah you know because otherwise i mean you and i have crazy schedules otherwise it's just it's just kind of all over the place i do say this too about uh, unimpressed you, unless you make these demands eventually you're going to um shun these requests and, and, yeah. and I think that's a bad thing because I, I think really all you really want from these people is agreeing on the terms of sharing, yeah. not on the sharing. Well, and you want your time to be valuable and you want to add value. Like when we say yes to these things, it's we, because we do really want to add value oh, to people, but we need people to make it easy for us to do that. Yeah, um, it feels good to help. It feels so good to help, but it doesn't feel good to be taken advantage yeah, of. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so this is really about the favorite bank people. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make a deposit before you make a withdrawal. So Isn't that keep... from Seven Habits? What did he call it? the emotional bank account? Of... Oh, the emotional bank account. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Favorite banks is like any other bank account. You gotta, you gotta watch your balance. Yes. If you're enjoying the show, please let us know. Give us a five star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends to tune into Cubicle Confidential. All right. So we've taken care of that. I think we've solved a worldwide problem. I think we did. With that. So let's go to the next question. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. Um, oh, this one is a good one. All right, dear Cubicle Confidential, it's a little similar. Um, what is the best way to handle unsolicited introductions. Mm. One of my industry colleagues is constantly sending me email introductions to people that he meets at conferences, meetings, etc. I know that he is trying to be a connector, but it just adds a lot of extra work to my plate because every time he introduces someone to me, then I have to make time to connect with that person, which inevitably involves a bunch of scheduling emails, and then I have to endure an awkward, stilted conversation. It's very time-consuming and quite frankly, annoying. 99% of these introductions are unproductive and a waste of my time. What can I do? Signed. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> no, 
it's not nice to meet you <laughs> in New York. So, Chris, does this have, I, I can totally feel this person's pain. Does this happen to you very often where your colleagues, your friends give you introductions they think you're going to want to have? And you're like, what the what? You know, wh- you know what this happens to me is I get their children's calls. Ah. Would you mind talking to my daughter or my yeah. son? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I, it's hard for me to turn those down, but yeah. I know exactly what's going to happen. They have no idea about what they want to be in life and they want somebody to tell them. And, I, you know, I'm not. They want free, free career coaching. Yeah, and I'm not doing, I don't want to do that. So, but this happened, you know, you got to yeah. be nice sometimes. You got to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to here. Uh, not, not so nice to meet you. Um, no, it's not nice to meet oh, you. <laughs> it's not nice to meet you. Uh, I've had my time wasted like this. So uh, by someone who uses the veneer of doing you a favor. The veneer yeah. by introducing you to others. This, you know, my it's the person, the connector. This person simply wants to look important in the eyes of others, in my view. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind playing along if it had an outcome. Uh, I, I, you know, interesting people is nice, but your hit rate is one percent. That yeah. means you have to meet ninety nine no goes before you meet one person that's worthwhile. Now, if this end is. If this industry colleague is has limited utility, the best advice is to simply let the introductions go unanswered or stall and say you're busy at this time of year. Drop me a line in a few months, right? Uh, since he's in your industry, it wouldn't be worth it for you to tell him to stop because who knows what he's going to say about you as a consequence. Oh, don't get along with Oh, he's really hard to get along with. Oh, you don't want to deal with that guy. So it doesn't work. Another option is to tell him to tell this connector uh, to, to qualify, it's to, to qualify these people, meaning this is the criteria by which I will speak to others. This is what they have to possess in terms of what is interesting to me. Uh, so now, I think if he appreciates that, I, I think you know, I think you can get further along with this than what you're in you're doing right now. Yeah, no, I love that, you know, and this is something where I was so excited to see the question come across because I have a person in my life who does this to me all really? the time. Oh my gosh. Um, and I have people that do this to me occasionally. Like I'm literally right now sitting on three of these, you know, quote, oh, from quote, the same person. No, uh, two are from the same person. One is from somebody different. Mm. And I'm just, they're just sitting in my email box and one of them is scheduled. Two of them are in the process of being scheduled. So I feel this person's pain right. so much. And I really liked what you said about, you know, it's a, it's a crapshoot because you don't want to be the jerk no. or create bad karma by saying, no, it's not nice to meet you, but you can't be saying yes to every introduction either because it's not a good use of your time. So my couple of thoughts here, uh, and I like what you said about speaking to that person and qualifying. I think that's really smart. And I actually did that with one person. I I, I sat this person down and said, listen, uh, I so appreciate that you are thinking of me and looking out right. for me, you know, uh, to try and get me connected. Uh, here are the kind of connections that are really helpful right. for me. And I kind of laid it out for her. And then I turned it around. I said, you know, let me know who's really helpful for you to meet. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's a great thing thing. My other tips would be similar to what we talked about earlier, you know, time block it. So, you know, you give an hour every other Monday, you squeeze the four of these in for 15 minutes, like, 
do that sort of time blocking thing where it's really not taking that much of your time. I do love the delay of the delay of the delay. Mm -hmm, Like you said, like, uh, really busy this week. Why don't you try me in early June? Um, As my sister and I used to always quote from an old New Yorker cartoon, how about never? Is never good for you? Um, I also often check out their, I, I do a little um, cyber stalking. I'll check out somebody's uh, LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. before I respond back to see maybe if it would be a good connection because you never know, right? Right. Um, but it's just, it's really hard. Or, or pass it off to your assistant to schedule <laughs> or your made up assistant <laughs> to schedule and make them the bad guy or the fault guy. So a couple more, you know, ideas. I will say this for those of you who are wannabe connectors, uh, those people who want to be the person introducing each other. I want you to be realistic about who you are connecting and why are you connecting, right? Like, why are you connecting someone to Chris DeSantis? Mm-hmm. Are you actually doing Chris DeSantis a favor or are you taking a favor? Right. Like, when you like, when you are introducing somebody to someone in your network, you're essentially doing a favor for one person, but you're asking for a favor from that person in your network. So be really clear about that. Make sure you don't abuse or overuse your really positive connections. Like I call them your power connections. Mm -hmm. So if Chris DeSantis is a power connection of yours and people, he is, (laughs) I'm not going to like introduce him to 5,000 people. In fact, before I introduce someone to Chris DeSantis, I am going to check with him first. Right. Yo, Chris, is it okay if I introduce you to so-and-so? I met them and they're really fabulous. You want to check with that because I don't want to bake. I don't want to break the favor bank I have with Chris DeSantis. So those are my tips for those wannabe connectors, how to do it well. What say you? Well, I, I really like that. I, I think what we're talking about here is uh, weak links. This is if networking is, there's a lot of power in the weak link, meaning that people you just know casually, introduce people that you know casually too. See, there's there's less there's less of the give and take. To your point, you don't diminish your standing with one of your stronger links yeah. when you do it that way. That's the, exactly right. The other thing that I thought of is, what turn it around this connector is taking from asking you a favors next time he does that is there anything you want from the connector yeah because you should say you know you've sent me along these last seven people you know i I, well i appreciate that but i'd like to ask you something and ask him something big if you want something from them (laughs) now because it's that you know like their firstborn child big or like (laughs) is there something you want from this person in your industry And you should challenge them on that because they've been referring a ton of people to you that has been wasting your time. And I say, get something for it. I agree. And you know, the problem is I think a lot of these wannabe connectors may not realize that they're asking a favor of you, you know? And so I think part of what you said earlier, like give them some feedback on the quality of their connections. And I want to be really clear. This is really different than, uh, let's say someone says to me, do you know any great uh, coaches? I know a ton of great coaches, so I introduce them. But what I'm doing is I'm introducing uh, them to a coach who's potential business opportunity. So we're not talking about business opportunities here. We're really talking about you know, favors or just, oh, you guys should know each other or you're in the same industry, that sort of thing is that you got to be really careful. There, there was there was a study, something about this that I recall that there's there's a, 
a notion that some people are askers. That means mm. they'll ask people of anything, they'll ask, and, and they have no yeah. qualms about it. But there are others of us who are selective in our asking and that we would never ask unless we were get a confirmation of a yes. You see, yeah. there are some people, that, yeah. you see that it's an interesting uh, dichotomy in terms of how what we are think. You? I'm, I'm, I'm one of those confirmation of a yes before I would ask. Yeah. Meaning I wouldn't I, dare I, to ask, but some people just have no problem asking for anything. I think I'm more like you. I definitely don't ask. I don't ask enough, and that's kind of a problem, yes. but I definitely want to get the confirmation first. You know, because I've done some really cool things in my life, like radio shows and and uh, the LinkedIn learning, and so people in the, the published books. So people always want it, like introduction to my to my um, my um, my publisher or my producer. Uh -huh. And I got to be really careful with that right. because I can't just be inundating these people mm -mm. with random introductions. So I'm definitely very conscious of when I make an introduction, who I'm get, making it for and who's doing me the favor on yes, that. Yes, I agree. And don't overabuse it. If you have a workplace question, hey people, we're here to help. Email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Oh my God, Chris DeSantis, I feel like you have no idea. I've been waiting to like express this frustration for so long. So <laughs> I wish it wasn't like in the middle of the day because I'd be having a glass of wine now. But we also have one more one question. One more question. Are you ready? All right. This is from Overdrawn in Ohio. Dear Mary and Chris, What's your position on doing work favors for people? I think that favors need to be returned. For example, one of my coworkers is constantly asking me for favors, things like proofing their documents, picking up miscellaneous tasks, brainstorming ideas for their projects, etc. While this person does thank me, they never reciprocate by doing favors for me. How can I tell them that the favor bank is closed? Mm. Or do I just need to suck it up? Signed, Overdrawn in Ohio. That's Overdrawn in Ohio. Overdrawn, wow. First off, I, I believe in the reciprocity. Or we could call it bank, bankrupt in the Buckeye State. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sorry, there's a little Ohio joke for you. No, no, I, but I do believe in the reciprocity of favors because when relationships lose their balance, somebody starts to become resentful. And thus this letter. There's resentment here. Yeah. Having said that, initially in a relationship, I would be a giver and be willing to do a favor without expectation of return. Uh, according to Adam Grant, who's written a couple books on this, uh, there are givers and there's takers and there's matchers. People who tend to rise to the top of an organization are givers. Except the, we we don't confuse this. These these they know when to help and in what circumstances to help. They are not doormats. Which brings us back mm. to your issue. Since Ooh, this person. I like that, Chris. I'm right. sorry. I really like that. That's really great. Keep going. Yeah. Since this person never returns the favor, then you are closing in on doormat territory. <laughs> so close his account in the favor bank with one of the following. And I have a list of suggestions. Um, I, I like, I would love to help, but I'm unable to. I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just have to say, like, I know that came out of one of our previous podcasts. Yeah, that was in another but book. I, have, I love that. I have used that line so many times. Is I'm living by it now. I would love to, but I am unable. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's from Keep a going. book, Four Thousand Weeks, which I thought was great. Uh, uh, another one is uh, this isn't a good time. Maybe some other time, or no, not today. Or didn't I already do something like that for you? I think it's time you learn how to do it. <laughs> That's a great. Or one. lastly, sure, right after you do this, whatever this is for me. 
and find some onus, onerous task to unload upon him. Oh my God, Chris DeSantis, this is why you are so wonderful, is that those are fantastic. I think all too often we're afraid to like stand up for ourselves or do things because we don't have the words. If you email me those words, my friend, I'm going to make sure they go in our show notes. And I guarantee you this will shoot to the most popular show ever uh, in the world. Well, I would love to, but I'm unable to. Oh my gosh. gosh. Well, it's going to be hard for me to add anything more of value, but I will just say a couple of things to build on what Chris has said. First of all, I love that you First of all, vent. You got to vent. Vent. You got to vent. You do. You got to vent. Not to them. You got to vent. I love that that you use the the metaphor of favorite bank. It's one of my favorite metaphors for this sort of things. And as Chris said, ideally, we're not keeping track about, you know, who owes us and what we give. Ideally, we are in the place where we're just giving and it's coming back. But Chris is right. You're looking into the doormat phase. So a couple of things, you know, re-examine how you set this relationship up. Mm. Like you set this up. And just so you know, I am guilty of this as well. I have set up so many relationships where I am the giver, the giver, the giver, Mm. and now I'm in doormat territory. So it is helpful to take a moment to see if this is a common dynamic in your life or it's just with this person. So kind of take responsibility for that. In other words, stop blaming them uh, and start taking a little bit of the blame yourself because you did set this up this way. Uh, It doesn't mean you got to stick with it. You're going to change it. Mm -hmm. Um, So a couple of choices. One, you could continue to suck it up, enjoy the good karma, but I'm with Chris. I think... Mm. I think you're too close to being a doormat. Um, uh, you know, as Chris said, just start saying no. Tell them you're closing this account. You know, tell them it is done. I'm sorry I'm unable to until you do this. But I would also say to you this. Have you ever asked them for a favor? Oh, right. Or are you just waiting for them to offer one up? Uh, if you're just waiting for them to offer one up, then stop waiting. They're not going to do it. Instead, be more proactive and ask them for a favor. Um, and then if they decline to do you a favor, then you know you are dealing with nothing but a taker. Um, they could be sitting around waiting for you to ask. So if it's an, if the, um, if the, uh, relationship is uneven, do what you can to even out. Now, if you have no desire to ever do a favor, to ever have them do a favor for you, then that's on you to figure out how you want to balance this relationship. So I like that. You know, I I, I was thinking in terms of an exchange that if yeah. they ask you to proof something, then you should take something off of your desk. You know, okay, I can do, I'll do that now. But by the way, would you handle this for me in the meantime? Or, or would you get my lunch, grab my lunch for me? Because I'm going to be doing this for the next half hour. You see what I'm saying? Can you walk my dog? Yeah, yeah no, I like that. But yeah. my point is, I'm not sure, I'm not sure overdrawn in Ohio has ever asked for a favor. Yeah, no, favor. that's what I'm saying. I say, get yeah. out there and do that. I also yeah, think, to your point, uh, it might be in this person's nature to be helpful. And to say no might go against the nature of who they think they want to be. Now, here's my point there is, uh, if you think this way, then every time you help this individual who doesn't help you, you aren't helping someone who could and would actually help you in return. Yeah. So there's well somebody said. out there that would love what you're doing, yeah. and yet you are you are inhibiting them from doing it because this this other person is taking up that space. Yeah. And it doesn't make you a bad favor to say no now no, and then. Of course. You know, because if you're cons- if this person's constantly asking you for favors, you're by doing it for them, you're not really helping them grow. You're no. just like taking more off their plate. So memorize the words. What's the phrase, Chris? I would love to help, but I'm unable to. 
That's it, Overdrawn. Now, we would love to stay with you longer on this episode, but unfortunately, (laughs) we are unable. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for joining us today. A huge thanks to our amazing, overworked, underpaid, but deeply appreciated producer, Mr. Jack Edinger. If you have a workplace question or a cubicle dilemma, give us a shout. No question is too easy. No question is too hard. And there are so many ways you can reach us. You can email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. You could tweet us at cubicleconfide1. Find Cubicle Confidential on LinkedIn or connect with Chris DeSantis or Mary Abajay. People, we are easy to find. So do us a favor, (laughs) connect with us, be great this week, work hard, be kind, and when you can't, give us a call. Jack, play us some music. Music.